0: Brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School, in conjunction with MPTV, this is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. First up, we have Ms. Gwyn Bird, the Family Services Coordinator for Monroe County Schools.
1: Hello, I'm Janaya Gilbert. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Gwen Byrd for the Monroe County Board of Education, Monroe County School District. What I do is um, I serve as a family services coordinator, uh, which um, includes um, social work services, um, education for homeless students. I serve as the point of contact for foster care students for Department of Family and Children's Services when they have some cases that they need to um, get services for the students while they're in school. If a student is having some attendance issues, then I serve as the truancy officer and take those cases to court if it's necessary. Also organizing the school attendance council to be sure that all of our kids are in school each and every day, on time, every day. And then I also serve as that person who, if we have some concerns about our zoning or residency, then I would be the person to make home visits to verify that. Okay. How long have you been working for Monroe County? 15 years. I started in um, August of 2005. What made you want to work for Monroe County? I'm from Monroe County. And being in the field of social work for more than 25 years, I saw that there was a great need in some other communities. And so I wanted to just come back to Monroe County and make a difference in my own community. What do you enjoy most about your job? Okay, so I enjoy um, just about everything about my job I enjoy. Sometimes, you know, things are a little tough because um, in this field, sometimes you see um, some sadness, but um, I still enjoy most of what I do. Has COVID changed your working experience? Well, it has um, made really not a whole lot because I always was careful. Um, I always was conscious of the fact that um, I needed to um, keep my distance between myself and other people. Um, and I always knew that I needed to make sure that I kept washed my hands. So it hasn't really, really changed my, my work as much because during the time that we were shut down, I still work. Can you tell us a little about the Backpack Buddies program? It's a program that we started, excuse me, in 2012. And it was started because um, I heard about it in a, um, in a meeting that they were doing this um, in other areas. And so I, Wanted to try to put another service in place that would benefit our children in Monroe County Schools, because I was also hearing about sometimes when there were children that were, um, in the, out in our county that were sometimes on the weekends they were knocking on doors, going door to door asking for food. We actually received a call from someone who who told us that happened to one of our students, and so. I didn't want any, if that was any way possible, I wanted to be able to remedy that. And so therefore we started the program with Backpack Buddies, started it very small and now it has built up uh, to be able to serve over 200 students where we started out with just being able to serve about 15 students. So it's a good program. If people want to contribute to Backpack Buddies, what would be the best way for them to donate? What are some other ways that people could support the program? Well, they can um, contribute by... First of all, we have a website. And if they go on the website if someone wanted to contribute, they can contribute through the website or by mailing a check to the Monroe County Board of Education. Uh, And then be sure that check has in the memo line, Backpack Buddies. Also, people can donate their time through the website or they can contact me as the Board of Education and express that or also by emailing me to let me know that that they're interested in either contributing their time or their money. In addition to putting food in those uh, backpacks that we send home on the weekends, we also like to put in school supplies and books and toiletry items and sometimes little small toys, stuffed animals, things like that that we love to put in those bags so that when the children have get their food, they have some other things that they can do as well, especially the books. Well, that's all the questions that I have for today. Thank you so much for doing this interview. You're welcome.
0: Next up, Mary Persons student, Dante Olivieri, interviews Patrick Hamilton, the Fine Arts Event Coordinator for Monroe County Schools. Hello, my name is Dante
2: Romeo Oliveri. Today I'm here with Mr. Patrick Hamilton, the Fine Arts Event Coordinator of the Monroe County School District. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Dante? I'm doing fantastic. So today, we have some questions for you to get the listeners to get to know you a little bit better and what you do around here. So first question is, what are your duties as the Fine Arts Event Coordinator?
0: So uh, essentially, I'm the Fine Arts Event Coordinator for the entire school system. So my main job is to uh, help organize all of our arts events through the three elementary schools, the middle school, and the high school. So once a year I get together with all of our fine arts staff at all of those schools, and we kind of hash out and determine what are the best dates that fit each event. Um, now for the most part, for our performing events, which is more of what I have a hand in, those performing events all basically perform under mostly the same facility, which is the fine arts center. So it takes a lot of coordination to be able to move those schedules around and make sure we have enough time for folks to rehearse, perform, uh, and be able to prepare for their shows. So the Fine Arts Center is used about, uh, out of 180 school days, it's used roughly about 170 of those days. And then a chunk of my job is to use those other days within the rest of the year to try to find outside entertainment and tours that come through our area. Uh, a chunk of that is basically working with agents and working with touring artists and their management to bring in concerts for our community. Huge plus to this is that every artist that we bring in or every concert that we have, we do offer student opportunities to be able to work hand in hand with these leading professionals within the industry. So for instance, um, we just about always have students working in our box office for our touring productions and that's giving uh, money management skills and patron management and customer service skills. And then we also have students that are working backstage with these leading technicians. And we also have masterclass opportunities where our choirs and our student performers are able to learn directly from the artists or perform side by side through opening acts with the artists as well.
2: That is amazing. Uh, leading into the next question, how have your responsibilities shifted at all due to the new COVID restrictions? If so, could you tell us how?
0: Uh, they have changed drastically. So currently right now, we are still essentially closed to the general public. We're focusing just right now on the school system and our fine arts events. Back on March 13th, which uh, was Friday the 13th, it was kind of our last regular day before the school system closed down in that time period. We actually had a professional concert that was supposed to come through that evening. And that morning we got the call and had to go ahead and cancel that show and push it back to a later date. Uh, Now once we pushed back that concert, it ended up that we pushed back all of our professional concerts, just to be sure. Now we made this conscious decision because we wanted to focus on the root of our mission, which is to support our arts education programs and to give arts education opportunities to the students of Monroe County Schools. So that was a conscious decision to push those back. Now, uh, currently right now, we are being used mostly as a classroom for the choir students. Um, Mary Persons has a pretty robust choir program and a good bit of students are involved with that. So we have the area for them to be able to socially distance within our auditorium. Um, Through part of those restrictions also, singers can only sing in one location for about 30 minutes and then they have to clear out the room, clear out the air. Now we end up moving them to another location, which is another auditorium that we manage. That is a 300 seat uh, Board of Education auditorium. So we work with those students here in the Fine Arts Center. Then we move them over to the auditorium to work with them over there as well. In addition, we have definitely jumped way more into the digital world. So I'm definitely stretching out my skills into uh, filming and working on some virtual opportunities. We just recently recorded the Merry Persons Band for a possible virtual band concert, and we're also looking at the same opportunity for the choir as well. Uh, So just trying to do all that we can to show off our students and show off the talent.
2: Was there a motivator that led you to your current position?
0: Honestly, I would probably say that the opportunity to manage a facility like the Fine Arts Center, uh, 1,200-seat state-of-the-art facility, This early in my career was definitely a huge motivator to push me into this position. Um, Previously, I worked down at the Grand Opera House in Macon, and I started out as a box office clerk. While I was a box office clerk, I started going to school for theater, and I thought that I wanted to be a theater teacher. So that was my focus, but then through working in the Grand, I ended up working my way up to a senior technical staff position, where I helped manage the crews that helped load in the tour and Broadway shows. And I just absolutely fell in love with the live entertainment process of bringing in acts, uh, negotiating, working on the logistics, working on the marketing, ticketing the events, I loved it all and knew that that is what I really wanted to do was to be over a facility that brought in entertainment for the community. Um, Now once the Fine Arts Center opened up, it kinda was the best of both worlds. I wasn't necessarily teaching, but I was able to work with students to try to inspire and and give them opportunities to work within the arts, both in a learning opportunity, but also a professional manner. And then I was also able to bring in entertainment for the community. So I'm able to present entertainment, negotiate with those artists, and then see that event from beginning to end.
2: What does an average day look like in your career?
0: It's definitely much different now. COVID-wise, it's it's quieter. We don't have as many people in the Fine Arts Center. Now, typically, if COVID wasn't going on, most of my time is spent communicating with folks. So either I'm on the phone or I'm emailing, I'm going out to meetings, or I'm doing PR work for the Fine Arts Center and for our arts programs. We do a ton of communication leading up to tours or to our students even coming into the facility. So a lot of it is negotiating exactly what different technical aspects look like, uh, how many mics you need, what your lights need to look like, what equipment do you need in the facility, uh, leading up all the way to day of show, looking at patron management and trying to get people in and out of the doors as quickly and safely as possible. Um, typically, it's pretty, it's pretty steady. Uh, right now, we're doing some different things, like I mentioned earlier, jumping into the virtual world. We're doing a lot more editing than what we did in the past. I have a lot of friends that also have this as a career and a lot of folks are out of jobs right now. Many venues are shutting their doors and they are looking for the future and, and where does this industry go. Uh, I think it's no doubt that the entertainment industry, at least the live entertainment industry will definitely be one of the last industries to kind of regrow after the pandemic is over with. Uh, now, the Fine Arts Center is strong, going great because of our student component. So because we focus on our arts education opportunities, because we're looking at growing our student knowledge in the arts, uh, we're, we're doing great. Um, it's just a little bit more behind the scenes than what we were before.
2: So if you could um, really narrow it down to what the basics of, you know, the main part of your career, your job is, how does one coordinate an event?
0: That's a that's a loaded question, my friend. Um, So in most facilities, you have a full team of folks. So most fine arts centers of our size, 1200 seats are kind of in that range. They have an executive director that basically leads up everything, a technical director that figures out all the tech, a marketing director that promotes all of your shows and a ticketing or patron management uh, director that focuses on that. First-hand contact with patrons and the ticketing aspect of those events. Now at our Fine Arts Center full-time, we only have two folks. We have myself and our technician, Jacob Smith. We split a lot of those duties. We wear a lot of hats and now we get a lot of help from the schools and from the school system, but there are a lot of aspects that we have to split up um, from start to finish. So for the majority of the events that we have, both school-related and touring-related, we are seeing those productions from beginning to end. So that coordination includes negotiating contracts, working with these artists or working with the schools to determine what is needed for each production, and then making sure that by the time that they enter our building, we have everything they need. And we've thought of every single thing that uh, – one they need, but also everything that will go wrong because things always go wrong on show day. To coordinate an event, you basically have to see all of those holes or things that could happen and try to plan ahead. So it's a, it's a bunch of, of planning. Like I said, with it just being me and, and our technician, I'm looking into all of our future events. By the time they actually enter our building, then really Jake is taking care of all of their needs right at that point. I'm mostly the planning process into that.
2: So how long have you been working for the district?
0: Coming up in uh, February, I believe that'll be about four years. So I haven't been with the district too long, but I came on just shortly after the Fine Arts Center was built. So I I just about came with the building. They had a few months before I came on.
2: Could you tell us your favorite event that you've coordinated or been a part of?
0: My favorite event uh, was actually before I came to the Fine Arts Center down at the Grand Opera House. I was working the box office, and we had... Greg Allman of the Allman Brothers come and play at the Grand Opera House, he played a couple of nights. Um, Now I started out at the very beginning of them booking this event, started out selling tickets. Honestly, I was in college, I was pretty young, and I knew of the Allman Brothers, but I had no idea who Greg Allman was and no idea of his following or how big this concert was. I remember we put tickets on sale and literally that day we sold out of two events. It was ridiculous. We were on the calls nonstop selling tickets and then immediately following, we still had a ton of calls of people wanting to come to this event. Leading up to the event, it just seemed to grow more and more and more. And then finally, on the day of the event, I worked the box office and also was pushed into uh, actually working a security job for the show. And it was, it was insane. Um, the energy in the room was just completely electric. At that time, I hadn't been to a ton of concerts, but that event right there, I mean, many of the folks going to the event were of an older age, and it was just like they were reliving their youth, and it was insane. There were tons of lights, tons of folks, and I remember feeling that energy and seeing what it did to the community of Macon and seeing how many people flocked to the community, came to the local businesses, and how positive it was for that downtown area and thinking oh my gosh this is this is cool like this is something that i want to be a part of um so i think that that was a big turning point that showed me what a big concert could do for uh, not only the community of people coming to see the show but also the local economy of the surrounding businesses i worked one of the last concerts that he played at the grand opera house and it was i didn't know it at the time but it was one of the coolest events that i've ever worked
2: So, in closing, is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners?
0: In general, I'd love to speak to the community and our patrons, Uh, definitely our season ticket holders. This has been a funky year. I, for one, appreciate all of our season ticket holders that have stood by us in this time frame. We've had to change a lot of dates and move around a lot of events to accommodate for the current pandemic that is going on, and... Just want to say that we appreciate you sticking with us. We are looking forward to the day that we can house more events and hold both all of our student body and our community in person here to see live entertainment. Uh, We look forward to seeing you soon at the Fine Arts Center. As we can't currently hold public concerts, we thought that we would bring the concert to you. Please enjoy the Merry Persons Beginning Women's Chorus as they sing Music Is by Andy Beck.
3: sound that makes me feel a certain way, a mood change.
0: Next up, the Mary Persons High School beginning women's chorus will sing Storm by James Jardins. To end out today's show, we hope that you enjoy the Merry Person's Men's Chorus as they sing Sanctus by Christopher Wolfe Jr. Oh Thank you for tuning in to Mumro County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week, remember to be a champ, and as always, go dogs! The thoughts
3: expressed in this segment represent Mumro County Schools.